You're listening to Empire of Rust, the world's first and only Transformers RPG podcast. Join the heroes of Icon as they defend Cybertronian civilization from the remnants of Cybertron First to Lord Starscream's egotistical leadership and beyond to the unknown threats on the other side of distant stars. Welcome back to Empire of Rust, the one and only Transformers RPG podcast. Welcome back, everyone. How's everyone doing today? How you feeling? Pretty good. Did you say Empire of Rust podcast? I'm I'm in the wrong podcast. <laughs> Where are you supposed to be? I'm able to help you get there. I'm supposed to be anywhere but here. <laughs> and job uh, complete. Lots of shade thrown right my way. Lots of shade. Trying to keep you cool, man. I know you ain't got no uh, no AC or fan in there. <laughs> what are you talking about? We're surrounded by fans all the time. I've heard of sunscreen, but I've never heard of shade screen. <laughs> Patent pending. Right. Isn't that just like an umbrella? <laughs> <laughs> Or being inside. <laughs> Any hoozle. So I wanted to, to ask you guys about this investigation that we have going on. Um, I think I've run like an investigation like session once before, not for you folks, but one of my other groups. And it was like a, a two session thing where I think it was, uh, yeah, actually, Matt, it was you. You were, uh, your character Splut was on trial. That was fun. Uh, and you had to to find clues to help prove your case. Uh, this is the first time I've really kind of run a, like a, a longer term, a, a more open-ended investigation. Because like on that one, there was only a limited number of places you could go. So I got asked, like, how are you, uh, how are you guys feeling about it? Have you ever played like in an investigation before? Is it something that you enjoy, that you look forward to? I'm deeply disappointed to find out that another of Matt's characters has been on trial for something now. <laughs> what is wrong with you, Matt? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did notice that at the time. <laughs> and they were they were uh, innocent both times. Turns out, a lot more uh, clear cut the first time, but yeah. yes, is something about your character just scream Patsy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they could be any more um, uh, dissimilar. My other character was a giant potato bug. <laughs> <laughs> so basically you're saying you're, you're destined to be on trial forever. Has so. any of your characters been on trial before me? Not that I can remember. So I guess it's Mike's fault. <laughs> we can blame Mike. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been on trial. I've been thrown in prison. But never been on trial. Oh, we've all been thrown in prison dozens of times. <laughs> <laughs> I've also escaped from prison. You know, yeah, that prison storylines are easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we always see, we, we investigate things off and on on a fairly regular basis. Sometimes, not maybe not as open ended, but uh, at least uh, we have to figure out who the appropriate person to go punch is. Right. You know? Yeah. Okay. But it's always interesting when you can, you know do the, the tracking down with the clues and the, the, the trick that I, I find with things like this is that it's a, I mean, obviously with most things, it, it, it really depends. Yeah. Some parties are, have, you know, have characters that are conducive to those skills. 
but it's like it's almost like you're you're creating a skill challenge, you know, and you just have like a series of you know events that need to to lead to that. But if you're playing a character in that game that has none of those skills, you're just like, okay, well, I'm just waiting. You know, you're just waiting for your you know for the for the thing to happen, and that's hard to 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 plan for. Like you like it it requires a lot of pre planning by the DM to kind of be like, okay, how can I use every character that they have and allow their skills to actually be relevant to whatever it is that they're trying to search. And like, I know when I try to do that kind of stuff, it's like, I do that a lot. Like I over fixate on it to the point where I tend to come up with something that is so technical and difficult that they don't know their own characters as well as I now know them. So they don't think to do the thing that I want them to do to actually succeed. Um, And that's on me. But like, I love it when, like, if you're the person that has the skills, oh, my God, they're amazing. It's so fun to just be like, yeah, I just blasted out a bunch of 30s and all these, <laughs> you know, these checks. And you're just like, oh, it's awesome. But it's like, and it depends on the game. If you're playing in a fantasy game as opposed to a tech game, you're like, oh, man, think of all the cool stuff you could do with computers and cameras and hacking that you can't do in, like, Pathfinder. You know, it's a very, but then you go, oh, magic, breaking the rules. Yep. So it's a very different. Think that your character's handling it pretty well. I mean, Carapace is not exactly like a, a skill monkey in this case, but he he certainly is. It's a skill uh, bug holding his own skill bug, right? Uh, but he is holding his own in terms of the the investigation here. So he's he's certainly contributing in, in everything. Well, I I think that one I try to just focus on the one thing that my character's good at, which you know whatever, and then everything else is just Patrick is having ideas. And is throwing it out there that they're not coming from Carapace, that the <laughs> players in the room who are playing characters that have like a 20 intelligence are actually coming up with the ideas for. I don't know. I like to imagine Carapace is kind of like this idiot savant kind of kind of character. I mean, he, does, <laughs> he does have a 16 intelligence, but I don't see him as being he's not tech savvy. Like, you know, it's just like, hey, I need to find someone who seven years ago came through this jungle. It's like, oh, I could do that. Like, you know, like that's mm-hmm. you, no one should be able to do that, but I can. You know? <laughs> but if it's like there's a guy hiding in one of these rooms, ah, I don't know. That's not my that's not my bag, you know, and that's just me <laughs> knocking a wall down to get to them. <laughs> you know, I don't I, you know, I see him as having a lot of practical intelligence. You yeah, know? he's not going to go street smarts. Yeah, like I, the, the dumb barbarians, you know. Well, I always know I'm going to set myself on fire because I don't know how fire works. Right. (laughs) I really like the idea of like things like that, where it's like, oh, you're playing a character, a a barbarian with an 18 intelligence. And it's just like, oh, that doesn't mean that you're book smart. It means that you're skilled. Like, you know, and you learn fast. And guess what? Barbarians need to learn fast because dumb barbarians die. Like, and that's the thing is like, you know, we always play characters. You're like, you got a three and a stat. Like, no, natural selection says you can't exist. Like, <laughs> just the way it is. And when you're playing a hero game, you're like, wait, you have no stat lower than 14? And you're like, yeah, because you need to. Because <laughs> I'm a freaking hero. It is interesting that you mentioned, because you mentioned Splat, and he had an intelligence of seven, at least starting out. But I tried to play him as rather uneducated rather than stupid. I right. Because yep. he wasn't mm-hmm. dumb, you know, and he wouldn't do do stupid things. But he doesn't know the practical, you know, technical things or, you know, you know, I mean, he'd know, he'd know like, well, this machine might do this, but God knows how to do it. You know, you know, I wouldn't know how to do it, you know? So it's so like what they that did was actually became his life goal to become more educated. 
That's, and that was great. That was he ended great. Up being a teacher at the end, so which was cool. It's like when like they that. did that with uh, Captain America and like the early Marvel movies. It was like, like technically Captain America also got brilliant because of the super soldier serum. But he, he's like, oh, it seems to run on some sort of electricity. It's like, well, you're not wrong. Like, you know, it's just like he's smart. He <laughs> learns things, but he doesn't know, know what he can't know. Like, you know, he wasn't taught that, you know. Mm-hmm. So I've always liked that archetype, the, 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 the smart savage, you mm. know. And it's always funny to be a wizard with an 18 strength, because why the fuck not, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I did my save against the the fireball, but the force of the spell went right through me. Yeah. (laughs) Subverting expectation is always fun. What about you, Adam? Ever played in an investigation game before? Uh, I have both tried to run an investigation slash trial kind of a game once. Mm -hmm. And I have been in investigation style games before not my favorite uh, interesting in either case uh the first the first one was uh, uh, a group of guys i was in school with and we were playing D and we were fairly young and unsophisticated so when i tried to bring a little bit of sophistication into it and give them a break from the regular hack and slash they they didn't bite so well as just you know rip the hook off the line and, and <laughs> attack the fisherman. Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know where that, that metaphor was mistake. going, but it, it sunk fast. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it made the point though very yeah. well. <laughs> that was your first mistake. Sophist, yeah. <laughs> so what? I heard fist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was my uh, experiment with it, and. Uh, Left quite the sour taste in my mouth, so I really haven't gone back to that. I know you guys are quite a bit more sophisticated. I probably could pull something off like that, but again, like Pat says, it, it does take a lot of prep to make it work well for the group. Because look, you want it to be, if it's obvious, then it's boring. Like so, it has to be both like well done and intricate, but like it has to be enough that like even smart players are like, shit, like how do we fucking do this? Because otherwise. You know, there's no, there's no reward. Like, you know, you're, if it's just like, oh, A to B to C to D, okay. Right. It's dissatisfying, you know. I think you guys were actually hitting things, like, pretty good. Uh, not Sorry, not in the last session, but the, the two or three before that, when you were, like, you were really kind of going CSI on all the stuff. It'd be unfortunate as a, as a DM that if, if your players miss a critical role. Yeah, so you're like, oh, I rolled a two. to miss a clue, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, there's the smoking gun on the ground. It's like in the shadow. Come on, you got to see it. And you're like, well, no, sorry. And that's when you break the rules. You can just say, guess what? I'm giving yeah. you the information anyway. But an orc is kicking you in the face because you took too long finding it. <laughs> what about you, Mike? What's your uh, experience with this? Similar to everybody else, it's tough to run or play in an investigation if you don't have a character suited for it. Mm. On the flip side, if you're playing a game where you know investigation is going to be a major part of the game, you can build towards that. But when you inject it into a game that's not like that, that's when you tend to leave certain characters out. Um, Like Pat said, it's very difficult to involve everybody. I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing, but it depends on 
uh, how the players can achieve the goal. I gotcha. It could be fun every once in a while for uh, a group that isn't completely suited for, say, a, a trial situation to play that one session where everyone's like a fish out of water. Right. You get the, uh, you know, the wizard that gets accused of crime and the only one the, the community would recognize even remotely to, res- you know, to represent him would be the barbarian. That would be a trial <laughs> I'd like to see and even play. Oh, yeah. yeah. That would be fun. Yeah, barbarian lawyer. And I think it's also that and I think that that ties into how game the player is. Like like the, the, the I mean first there's the part that the DM has to try to give the player who has less skills a way to contribute in some way. And but also how game the the player is to use their character to try to do things that they're not really skilled at. Gotcha, right. Barbarian attorney at law, yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Barbarian Esquire. <laughs> I have an objection. Boom. <laughs> well, I mean, like it's it's the, the, the trial sustained. trial by combat. Like you know, like in certain cultures, that's actually how things got done. I mean, like think about Socrates. He wasn't like, "Hey, I figured out something, and let me prove it to you." He's just like, "No, this is self evident, and I'll fight you if you're not if you don't agree with me." And like, and that's how <laughs> arguments were won. It's just like. <laughs> you know. I think Socrates would just annoy people to death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I did an investigation part in the Star Trek game that we played. Um, when you guys encountered like a it was a disease or something that was on the ship. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it was. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I that game was so minimalistic on my part. My notes were basically in this sector they encounter a disease. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love it. I approve of this. And Perfect then you notes. guys started going, oh, what's it do? And I was like, uh, this. And you're like, okay, well, let's investigate this. Does it do this? Sure. <laughs> Does it affect this? Oh, what if it did this to us? That's what it's doing right now. <laughs> you guys built the whole thing up. I had a feeling that's what you were doing on some of those adventures in the Star Trek thing. Just oh, yeah. because of the way you would answer. Does it? Is it reacting this way? Sure. Yeah, yeah. that's what it's doing. <laughs> you found it out. Good job, guys. Is it going to burn itself? Guys- is it going to burn itself out naturally and actually give uh, longevity and you know sexual prowess <laughs> to all those who have it? Wait. <laughs> and you guys figured out some way to fix it, and in true Star Trek fashion, you failed the role. And so you had to come up with a second way to fix it. And I was like, this is just perfect. <laughs> you know, middle of the show. Oh, that's not working. We have to do something else. <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed a little episodic to me. <laughs> that was brilliant. It, it was so, so Star Trekky. Plus it's like coming up. It's like, all right, some sort of technical jibba jabba. Exactly. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of jibba jabba, Carapace, you got some jibba jabba with Scourge over here. I pity Lizard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Scourge just called you out. He did. He did. He's like, he's like, you know what? It's like I don't give a shit what you're thinking on this. Just fucking use it. Just do it. People are saying that you're you're super important. You know what? Just do what you want to do. Tell them you're doing it because you're important. Well, see, 
That's the problem is I don't want what you want and I don't want to do what you say. And that's what I want to do. So you want to be the strongest and take over the planet. That's great. More power to you. I, that is a prison to me. The idea of fate is a prison to me and I don't want that. So like, you know, maybe someday I will. I'd rather be doing what I'm doing now. I can certainly respect your decision. You're full of shit. You totally don't. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I don't. But I respect your right to say it. (laughs) Recursive disrespect. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I respect the fact that you disrespected me. Ah, damn it. I respect you enough just to say I respect that. Yeah. Like, I clear straight hate you, but God damn it, do I respect you. (laughs) (sighs) Your opinions may change in time, but for now, let's get back to the question I asked. Would you and your companions be willing to support me for ruler of Cybertron? Because even if you don't want power, even if you choose not to have your hands in fate, I do. You and all of your friends could be of use to me. Have you seen how we operate? (laughs) (laughs) Good thing I'm not there. (laughs) I I can't hear you because you're nowhere near me. But I know Magnum's talking about me. Someone's not paying attention. <laughs> so that's actually a really interesting question, because I'm, I'm just thinking about this. It's like, I don't think that you should rule Cybertron. It's not that you couldn't. I, I Obviously, you could. You could rule anywhere. But this is not your environment. Like, you should re- rule Eucharist. I mean, have you seen the people on this planet? They talk too much. <laughs> they talk about everything. <laughs> you know? They do. So I just, it's like, I would not fight to rule here. I just, I don't want to be here. It's a dirty, dinky city with weaklings that just flatter each other. Is that where you want to be? Hmm. I mean, I know maybe one of your heads, maybe one of your heads do, but the other two got to be looking for the door. <laughs> Lefty and righty follow my orders. <laughs> well, that's good. At least you're, you're unified. You're definitely, like, I do not want Starscream. Starscream is a weakling and should not be in power. Probably shouldn't even be alive, which will come to that. Right now, we're trying to make sure that all of the delegates are able to have a, a an actual chance at being the leader like you're not the type of person that would want your enemy your your uh, not your champions your um the people that you're competing against to be hamstrung your victory would mean nothing if if your enemies were hamstrung absolutely unless i beat them in fair and honorable combat it is meaningless absolutely and starscream is not honorable he fights dirty and I think he has been. Have you heard of a, Have you heard about the attacks on the others? Of course, I know about the attack on Sweet Spot. Has there been other attacks that I do not know of? 
Possibly. One of the reasons I was here was I wanted to ask if you had been attacked. I know publicly you wouldn't acknowledge it because that would be a sign of weakness, but we're looking for the people doing it. So if you were attacked, I would like to know about it. Bots challenge me to fights all the time. Sometimes I don't even see them, but no. No one has personally challenged me for my right to attempt to rule this planet. This wouldn't be a challenge. This would be an assassination. Might be hard to, he might have be having a hard time distinguishing it from his daily life. That, that's, 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 uh, that's the vibe you get, too. That's, that's, that's true. <laughs> my my um, best friend tries to kill me every day. I mean, yeah. how am I supposed to know? <laughs> um, are you familiar with Infernus ammunition? I am not. Is it a new kind of weapon? I don't think it's necessarily new. It was something that was outlawed by both sides in the war for being too nasty. <sighs> but it's a gun. A ranged weapon of some kind. Yes, and it has a, a very specific chemical signature. Like, it's it's ultra-hot plasma. Like, it melts and penetrates right through even the hardest armors. It reminds me of my fire breath. Yes. Actually, it's probably very similar. Uh, I don't believe in guns. If you're going to attack someone, if you're going to fight them, then just claw them into pieces. That's all you need to do. I relate. (laughs) I have had bots try to take shots at me before. But as you can see... And he bashes his fist against his armor. Impenetrable. (laughs) Yes. Well... Is this a concern for the other candidates? Uh, yeah. I mean, as you know, a lot of them are not nearly as strong as you are. None of them are as strong as I am. I stand corrected. You are, uh, you are definitely my... among my favorites. Like, I I do... I think it is very likely that you will win. <sighs> this pleases me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it should, you know. But I'm going to withhold my support for now. But I can do that with a good conscience because I know you don't actually need it. Hmm. See, I told you he's clever. <laughs> you have learned much from your friend, Sweet Spot, haven't you? <laughs> Yeah, uh. yeah, I probably have. <laughs> but don't tell him that. <laughs> if you do if you do hear of anything, would you please keep me informed? You mean any attacks against me? Yes, I'm, well, no, I don't want to hear about attacks <laughs> against you, because that's going to be every day, all day. Like, I, we, I understand. Uh, specifically, I and I'll... I'm running list. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm, being attacked, summary, I'm being attacked right now. Summary, like, <laughs> you don't even know. Yeah. There's a little bot behind him with a sword. Yeah. Bing, 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 bing. What's that bing. sound? Bing, bing. <laughs> oh, those are projectile just... weapons, making my, my carapace harder. God. Um... <laughs> And so that's a summary at the end of the day, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's more like the, like, if you... Politically motivated. Oh, yeah, okay, so I will ask him about, um, we believe that one of the people that are doing it is a, uh, we think that they're an outlier that has some sort of 
superior camouflage. An outlier, but not one of the Fate Weavers. We don't know. We didn't. We don't get a clear picture of them. Hence this this camouflage. But it was that hmm. someone who could stay invisible while attacking somebody and not become visible. So this, and I, I, so I'll pull out one of the samples that they gave and be like, "Can you can you smell this?" I mean, he's got three noses. I'm assuming he can smell some shit. Yeah, he takes three wh- three whips on all three of them. Yeah, and it's just like so. This is this is the the trace of the of the scent of that will will follow the attack. So if this happens, know that this it's the attack is probably more dangerous than you realize. That's all I'm gonna say. My armor can take a shot from any weapon, but I will keep this smell in mind. Okay. And if I do smell this before an attack, I will let you know and I'll send a message. Okay. Go in strength. And you as well. It's like, I can't because you're taking it all with you. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. And I'll start uh, heading back. Do I happen to see anybody that I know in the fighting pit? Like, I don't intend to do a fight, but if there is a fight, I'll get into a fight that can happen off camera. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Anyone you know? Uh, Personally, no. I'm sure you've seen him around a couple times here and there, but no one that you've actually had a conversation with. Okay. I will, actually, because I have to uh, walk off that 26 damage that I took a a little while ago. <laughs> I'll go find one of the burrowing places and actually burrow down and sleep in the dirt for a bit. Regen some energy on there, huh? Right. Yep. Oh yeah. no, actually, ooh, there's flora and fauna here, so I can use a racial ability that I've never been able to use in this fucking game. Oh, <laughs> can get yourself a little crunch a munch. It's uh, yeah, it's called survival of the fittest. So up to three times per day, if I succeed at a DC 15 survival check to forage for food on a biological planet, I can regain D6 hit points. So, nice. Yeah. Give me that roll. And I rolled a five, but that still gives me an 18. So Awesome. I, I, I figured this place is probably designed to be like, oh, look at all this Disney yep. fruit bearing, you know. Stuff. Exactly okay. right. So I'll eat some. I'll eat some plants, and then I'll burrow in the ground like a happy little bug. <laughs> <laughs> With one of the few smiles on your face. Yeah, I can't let anyone yeah. see it. Yeah, happens underneath. <laughs> Snug as yeah, a bug in a rug. <laughs> <laughs> Carpet of dirt. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go ahead and go over to... Uh, let's go to Wildstrike next. Wildstrike, what were you doing? Uh, I was going to get in touch with Starscream. See if I could get a meeting with him. Alright. Uh, yeah, so uh, you come uh, the office of the president, because of course Starscream gave uh, you his comm codes. And of course he's not going to let the comm code go directly to him. He's too important for that. Uh, office of the president, Lord Starscream's office. This is Wildstrike. I'm looking to schedule a meeting with Starscream. Hold, please. Oh, whatever his title would be, you know. Say, he should be expecting my call. Transferring you now. And he'll transfer you over to uh, Starscream. Direct? 
Wild Strike, my favorite seeker, aside from myself, of course. Of course. To what do I owe this unexpected, yet somehow very expected call? (laughs) Uh, I was hoping you might be able to find some time that we could meet and I could inform you of uh, what happened on our voyage. Absolutely. Why don't you come to my office right now? Alright, I'll be there as soon as I can. Excellent. I will have my security let you in. Incoming. No need. (laughs) 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 And with that, I'm assuming that Magnum was able to create the recording device that I had asked about on our trip back? Yes. Okay. I, I, I created a, a device that broadcasts both gravimetrically and through the radio communications. But it only does it in pulses and only with existing radio interference. Clever. So the signals cannot be blocked by normal jamming. And it can't be, and it also can't be interpreted unless you pick up both signals. I will uh, call Magnum. What are you going to call him? <laughs> Every name I can. <laughs> That's the way to do it, Final uh, Strike. Hey, Magnum, are you busy? Uh, not particularly. We're um, just doing some investigating for the EMP, but if you need something... Uh, no, that's fine. I just wanted to inform you that you should be receiving an incoming signal soon. All right. Just to, uh... One of a thousand every day. (laughs) Well, a specific one that you know of. (laughs) This is, this is, this this is the highest tech I could possibly make. So, if as long as I was successful, this is going to be a tier nine communicator, at least. Wow. So, I will... Activate that before I go to meet Starscream. I will uh, list in, and I will also tune it to pick up any other communications happening in his vicinity. So in case Starscream radios someone, and while he's in his presence or something like that, I will hear it. And it should have a 360-degree camera, if that's all right with you. It's fine with me. Because <laughs> that was part of what I was working out. You fly over to the presidential palace, and I imagine that you land outside the palace mm-hmm. rather than trying to nose first your way through the building. I guess. I don't want to play your character for you, though. <laughs> they have a long, wide door. That just opens for a second. <laughs> <laughs> just have to time it right. As an electric eye, and then there's just a dude with a button. Just sits there all day. Like, just push it, push it, no! On three! <laughs> awesome. Yes, I will land. The Presidential Palace is the most ostentatious building uh, that you have ever been in. Guards flank nearly every intersection on the way up to Starscream's office. Uh, but there's something different about these guards that set them apart from the typical badulous that you'll see patrolling the city. These bots 
all have different body types, but are all painted to match Starscream's color scheme. Red and gray with uh, blue accents. They watch you suspiciously, and you feel that they are just waiting for an excuse to draw their weapons. How many are there? You've passed at least a dozen, but you wow. imagine that there are many more. Okay. I figured there'd be a lot, but i just just curious. Any of them jets as well? Uh, I'll let you roll a life science for it, and I, don't have I will. Life science. I will. I will let you roll it this time. Oh, okay. Uh, and I will give a, a plus two because uh, if any of them are seekers, then you would expect uh, to to recognize them. Okay. Uh, with that plus two, I get a twenty. Uh, yeah, there are certainly some jets in the mix, uh, and you recognize a couple of uh, other seekers as well. Uh, you recognize Bitstream, Acid Storm, Nova Storm, and Ion Storm. Okay. Hello, Mr. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you also know that the uh, the back three there, the uh, the three storms are actually a, uh, a trio that oftentimes work together. They are uh, called the Rainmakers, a dangerous trio whose uh, whose like combined uh, abilities let them actually create things like acid rain. Huh, that's interesting. And probably large quantities of coins. <laughs> <All that people. laughs> Bitstream. <laughs> <laughs> and negatively charged particles for some reason. Oddly <laughs> <laughs> specific for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you pass uh, those four uh, and yeah. Those four of, of many others, of course. Right. Those are just the ones you've heard of. Uh, once you get up to the top floor, you are escorted down several hallways uh, until it comes to an intersection where you can see a secure door to your north, uh, and there is a desk and reception area off to uh, your left. Um, I want you to make a perception check. Perception uh, 19. Uh, you can see that there is a small door off to the right-hand side, kind of hidden behind an alcove. Uh, it seems to be too small for general use, uh, almost like almost like it's an access door to something. But you're not quite certain what it is. Okay. Can I aid in his perception checks? Uh, Magnum, no. I don't think you can aid because you don't actually have a comm channel like open between the two of you. You're receiving but not sending. Uh, but since you're seeing it, I will let you make your own perception check. Okay. Well, I won't send him a message unless I have to, so I will do my own. 32. Well, you notice the door that uh, Wildstrike glanced at, uh, and you can tell that it is a... Not an, not an access door to, like, you know, it's not like a closet or anything like that. It's actually a secure door to the inner workings of the, uh, of the building. So you would think that because this is, like, the, the presidential palace, uh, there's probably some stuff behind here. Maybe some, like, control centers or a more secure, like, bunker or facility behind that door. It's meant to be very nondescript. Is there a way I can detect if there's any eavesdropping if I did send them a message? I'm not going to, but... 
Um, hmm. I don't really think so because it's effectively just audio and video that's being sent to you from the device you created. Um, All right. Yeah, I, I, there's without you actually being there, I don't think you could tell if there was eaves dropping or eaves picking up. <laughs> uh. Keep um, trying. Keep trying, Mike. <laughs> get it. I'm assuming the reception area. There's the reception bot or something. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Please uh, step forward. Please step forward. I'll uh, say to uh, Nico, why don't you wait here? You sure you? What if you're? I mean, you you told me that Starscream is. is it kind of like leans like like tiptoes kind of like up to, to talk to you privately it's like I thought you said uh, that he was a he was, he was a rough guy he was a bad guy here he's he's dangerous you sure you don't want me in there with you I'm sure I think you should stay here oh, keep, all right. keep an eye out in case and you know, I'll like motion to the guards kind of thing uh, all right I don't like this I don't like this at all it'll be fine and I'll head up to the reception bot state your name and function Wild Strike. I'm here to meet with Starscream. Very well. Uh, presses uh, an obscene number of buttons on his <laughs> console. <laughs> and the door uh, to the north, uh, your right, opens up. And do you want to walk on through? I'll walk on through. You actually can't see what's going on through there because there is like a, a shield in front of it that's actually oh, wow. blocking all visible light coming out from the, the office crazy but you get the sense that whoever's inside can see out mm-hmm. yeah I'll head in you step into a very large antechamber and the space is bigger than your workspace at the central precinct Not yours, but like everyone's combined. This is an 80 by 200 foot room uh, with ample seating on either side, along with some tables and uh, a couple of just little workstations uh, for people to get some like minor tasks done. Uh, And in the center of this space is an enormous hologram of Cybertron. And you can see uh, in real time all sorts of uh, activity going across it. So you can see ships leaving and arriving on the planet's surface. You can see uh, energon miners as they, uh, uh, as like large like mining constructs, uh, exit the uh, the city and travel across the planet. It looks like almost every information gathering resource on the planet is all linked into this one particular thing and is feeding near instantaneous real-time information about the entire planet. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Further to the north, you'll see a large open doorway that leads into another room. You can see a desk in the middle of that room, and on the northern side of it is this large wide, wide open uh, space, this like 200-foot open wall with a, a shimmering shield uh, protecting the uh, the interior from the exterior of Iacon. And behind the desk, in between the, the desk and uh, the wall, looking out onto the city, is Starscream, with his back to you. I will approach. 
as soon as you walk through that uh, that archway or that second uh, doorway into his like office proper, uh, you'll notice that a couple of lights change on the desk, and the moment you pass through, Starscream turns around. Wild Strike, my favorite seeker. I couldn't help but notice that you changed your body type. It is a good look. I approve of this. Thank you. Tell me, what brings you here today? Well, first of all, I wanted to apologize to you and say I'm sorry that I ever doubted you. I realize now that you had greater plans in place that you are incredibly smart and that your plots reach far and wide and I (laughs) hope one day I could be as good as you oh go on you know how to flatter a bot don't you it's true Uh, I thought you would like to see this and I'll offer up the recording of the bombing of Sweet Spot's death. Oh, look at that. Is that our dear Ambassador Sweet Spot? Oh, such a shame that he lost his life. I always said he wouldn't see an explosion coming. And I was right. I guess you were right. It's uh, impressive that that happened and you had specifically requested him to go on the mission. What a coincidence. A coincidence? Absolutely. And speaking of coincidences, it seems that there's some bot out there literally gunning for the opposition. You're talking about the unfortunate incident with the representative Windblade, aren't you? Indeed. Such a shame that she was attacked in the middle of Iacon. Maybe she should have been watching where she was going. (laughs) After all, her and her friend were in a bad part of town. Indeed they were. It's no wonder that they were attacked. It also seems that uh, some of the other candidates have been threatened, and some have been unheard of, or unheard from, for quite some time. Hmm. I take it you are talking about Fast Track and, ooh, why don't we say Depth Charge? Exactly. I don't know anything about what happened with Fast Track. As far as I know, he got scared when Sweet Spot kicked the bucket. <laughs> as far as Depth Charge, I... I haven't heard anything. But maybe we should turn into uh, INN tonight. Maybe there will be some updates. That is a good idea. Uh, have there been any threats against you? Oh, of course. But I rule Cybertron. Death threats are just par for the course. Nothing unusual, though. 
Plus, I was second in command of the Decepticon army. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And I have an incredibly obnoxious personality. Yeah. (laughs) There haven't been any threats beyond the normal, would you say? Nothing unusual, I would say, but even if there was something, my security forces, I'm sure you saw them, they would take care of anything that would be untowards me. I'm sure they would. I just wanted to make sure that whoever may be intimidating or trying to take out these candidates weren't doing the same for you. You can rest assured that my safety is, of course, your highest priority, but it is well taken care of. Very well. Uh, Do you happen to have any insight into who might be opposing these other candidates? Well, as you know, I can't be held responsible for the actions of every Decepticon, Personally, I think that one of our brothers simply doesn't want to see anyone other than a Decepticon ruling Cybertron. Because as you have seen, even though the the Autobots have won the war, it is a Decepticon in charge of the city. And I simply believe that there is a patriot, a patriot among our ranks, who wants to ensure that a Decepticon stays in power. Is he the only Decepticon running? Uh, Fast Track is neutral, Sweet Spot was neutral, um, Scourge and Death Charge are neutral, Damascus... Uh, you don't know about Damascus, but you would imagine from what he said that it is he's not a Decepticon. Uh, okay. And am I seeing anyone? Windblade. Uh, Windblade is a, a camion. It's not. Technically, Windblade is an Autobot. She actually does wear the Autobot symbol, but she didn't fight in the war with the Autobots. She's. I think she took it more for the uh, for like aligning herself with Prime. Ideologically, an Autobot, but not actually an Autobot. <laughs> Now let me ask you a question, because you've come here and you're very interested in what has been going on politically since you left. What has happened to make you so interested all of a sudden? I wouldn't say I'm necessarily that interested. Just the group that went with me to retrieve the space bridge... Uh, has been investigating these attacks. And as a candidate in the upcoming election, I wanted to uh, make sure that you were not among those that had significant threats against your life. How very noble of you. No, there has not been any unusual threats against my life. However, there is something that you could do for me. Of course. With Sweet Spot out of the picture, the four of you have become wild cards. You command a great amount of respect 
respect throughout Iacon, and whomever you decide to endorse will have the advantage when the election comes. I need you to convince your friends to support me for ruler of Cybertron. The endorsement of the four of you will go a long way to cementing my candidacy. Not that I need it, of course. I'm already leading in the polls. But pushing the gap between me and Windblade is always a good idea. Certainly. While I cannot guarantee their endorsement, I will do what I can to convince them of such. Hmm. I suppose that is all I can expect. Now, I would like you to give me your after-action report for your encounter on Scarvix and where you went afterwards. Once the trial was over and Magnum was freed, we went to the gathering afterwards where the bombing occurred. Showing you that. Listen to him drone on, pretending like I don't know that he spoke with Windblade and Optimus Prime before me. If he wants to play it this way, then I can play it too. If they're going to act against me, then I will ruin their reputation before they have a chance. Magnum is ridiculous. All I'd have to do is circulate images of him. A Cybertronian that wears human clothes. The Perry idea is laughable. Why does that bear look so familiar? I'm sure I've seen her somewhere before. She has a Decepticon badge, but that doesn't mean anything anymore. Oh well, if she was truly important, then I'd remember her. Did Carapus get bigger since the last time I saw him? I could have sworn he was my size when we met. He certainly found more guns, and they're all tacked on, not even integrated into his design. It's obscene. Where have I seen that bear before? Maybe when I was on Eucharist last time. Why has Wildstrike chosen a new body type? Doesn't he know that the true Seekers are supposed to have the same frame as me, their leader? Who does he think he is, trying to upstage me? Although, it is a superb chassis. Sleek lines, glossy paint, and it oozes power. But I can't just copy my subordinate's look, no. I know. I can order all the images of him removed from the Cybertronian infosphere. Then I'll change my body and it'll look like he copied me. Yes, that's what I'll do. Where have I seen that bear before? This is going to bother me all day. Primus, is he still talking? Just shut up. I already know everything. I don't need to hear it all again. All I need is to convince Wildstrike to get information from the other candidates. I can't approach them, it'd be too suspicious. But if something were to happen to them while I was in the room with Wildstrike... Hmm... 
So yeah, Wildstrike, uh, you and Starscream kind of wrap up your conversation. He has a couple of questions that are uh, purely performative, just so you, just so you think that he doesn't know everything already. Uh, and on the way out, I want you to give me a perception check. And Magnum, you can also give me a perception check. That door again. Uh, 31. 35? 35. All right. Uh, both of you uh, get this, but Magnum gets it a little bit better than you, Wildstrike. On the way out, once you pass the hologram in the center of the, the antechamber, you notice that on your right side, now this is your heading outwards, so this right would be on the, the left side if you were looking in. So this is on the opposite side from that first door you noticed. Okay. Within the antechamber space, there is a small door to your right, just before you would pass through the, the, the shield that blocks all uh, incoming view. And of course, as you suspected, looking out from the antechamber, you can see into the hallway with no problems. Mm-hmm. So this door, if you were looking at it like uh, uh, on a map, uh, would be inside the antechamber to the north and to the left, or to the west. Okay. The first door you saw would be before the antechamber, to the south of that door, and then to the right, or to the east. So it would be opposite of the reception space. Okay. So they're effectively diagonal, uh, diagonal away from each other. And this looks just like the door that you saw on the, the way in. Now, you would imagine it's probably some sort of access uh, doorway to maybe like just, you know, crawl spaces, maintenance and stuff like that. But Magnum, you recognize that this is a well-concealed uh, bunker door, probably for uh, easy escapes from the office. So like heavily armored? If it's armored, you really can't tell. It's done up to look like the actual walls of the of the building or of the office. So when you say escapes, are we talking like in an escape hatch or just like a panic room? You're not, uh, you guys wouldn't know. All you can tell is that there is a, a door there. Right. Well, I guess just from what you said that if that is an escape room, then that has to have a place to go to. And exactly. that's also a way in. Um, or at the, at the very worst, like when we actually do storm this place, that's where we have Wild Strike waiting so that, <laughs> yeah, they can have a proper conversation. <laughs> you copied my tail fins, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> that's my design. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to slap you with your own wing. <laughs> Somehow this ends up turning into like a, a fashion show. All right. Yeah. <laughs> like that's their best, their final battle. Starscream v. Wild Strike. <laughs> On the runway. On the run. I am. You beat me to it, damn it. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and switch scenes to Denizen. <laughs> what now? The bear with the most. The highly mysterious bear. All right, fine. Let's get it done with. So, Denizen, you are heading on over to meet with Damascus. Uh, Now, it actually took you quite a, a bit of time here to figure out where Damascus is, because he 
really doesn't keep his his location like public knowledge. Uh, so it took a, a couple of calls to to various places, uh, and it probably you even probably needed Magnum to actually help out with. Uh, tracking him down and getting some good contact information for him. But you eventually do. Sure, sure. And you are able to find out uh, where his uh, his public office is. Right. And you skedaddle your little bare butt over there. All right, so let's approach this building here, or this bunker, or this cesspool, whatever he... Where is he? Where is he living? <laughs> Stan. Is, 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 is uh, Denizen now on the road to Damascus? <laughs> yes, I am on the road to Damascus. <laughs> Love it. Uh, he has a uh, he's a, he has leased a building, uh, kind of in the city center of Iacon, actually very close to like, a lot of the shopping plazas around. Uh, he wants to stay right in the middle of the action. Does he now? Well, let me tell you what. Got some action for him. Uh, you get there, and a reception person, a reception bot, greets you. Uh, well, hello. Uh, do you uh, are you looking for more information about uh, Damascus's campaign? His message. Actually, I was looking to speak directly with Damascus. I'm part of an ongoing investigation into the safety of the candidates. My name is Denison. I should be on a list. The reception bot will take a look at his uh, manifest here, and uh, yeah, you will see your name on it. Apparently, someone called ahead to be sure you had access, because otherwise, you would have gotten into trouble security. Oh, Again. That, that's great, because <laughs> I was just lying my balls off. <laughs> <laughs> I was lying my fur off. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Pythagoras. <laughs> uh, so the reception bot will lead you back into the building, and she'll kind of make some small talk with you. That is a, a, a really interesting form. It's kind of fuzzy. May, may I may I feel? No, you may not feel. <laughs> what is this? I'm not, I'm not some animal in a petting zoo here. Lead on. I'm, I'm sorry. I just thought you were good looking. I'm used to it. Thank you for the compliment. I'm not used to them. <laughs> oh, I, I understand. I, I, I get. I don't get compliments often either. Do you understand now? <laughs> you agree that I don't get compliments often. Is that what you're saying is the norm? Uh, I, no, I, I, I mean, I agree. I understand that I don't get. I'll, I'll shut up now. Can I activate the remote detonator that I planted? <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess. It was in the fidget thing that I left on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think I'd leave that behind, did ya? <laughs> Magnum, you press a button, the ship blows up. Shit! I lose more. I lose more. I lose more capital chips this way. Ten of ten. <laughs> All right. All right. You lead one on. for each of us. <laughs> well, no. for you, more than one. I was just gonna say, but for you, <laughs> no, three. <laughs> There has to be redundancies. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the the bot will lead you into uh, a medium sized room, and in hushed tones, he will say that uh, he's in the middle of uh, an interview with a lamplighter, but he should be almost done by now. Uh, so if you want to just wait here towards the towards the back of the room, uh, he will he will talk with you as soon as he's finished. 
What do you mean the back of the room? I wait front and center if I like. I I I wouldn't if I were you. The the security is really is really touchy about people getting too close to Damascus without his permission. Uh, but you you can go ahead and do you. That's um that's that's okay. Um, sorry about the compliments I gave you. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and yes, uh, this is a medium-sized room. Uh, you can actually see that it has a se- it is set up uh, for like an interview space, uh, and there is uh, Damascus kind of right in the front center of the room, uh, speaking with a, a bot. Oh, I'm in the same room as he is now. Yes. Oh, all right. <laughs> Maybe I wouldn't have been quite so. No, I definitely would have been loud. <laughs> all right. I'll stand uh, you just far enough run. away. <laughs> so that uh, he can both see me and I won't be in the way of the other bots when they exit. <laughs> uh, you can see two security bots that are in between you and uh, Damascus. Uh they they aren't making any moves to like stop you or or to like you know arrest you or anything like that. So you imagine that they yes. probably they've been yeah yet they've been notified that you know you're coming. Um, they do look at you when you make the outburst though, <laughs> and you see the the interviewer make like a note like on a, like a, on his uh, his data pad. You think they make like a little note on his time card. He's like, all right, edit point here. Uh, but the two security bots will just. They'll, they'll be sure you don't approach, but they're not going to, like, come after you right now. All right. Right now. I'll, I'll stand where I said I was going to stand, and I'll stare at the, and listen to the conversation for a few moments before I start looking around. What is this <laughs> room like? Uh, you can go ahead and make a uh, culture check, though, if you want. Sure, I can. So... 16 it is. Not too great. Not too great, but I'll give you something. Uh, so I will give you the this here. Lamplighter is a, uh, a reporter. Uh, he used to be a tabloid journalist. Uh, he he actually nailed an important interview with a uh, bot called Tyrest. Uh, effectively, like, the, uh, the, the uh, one of the, the members of like, the high court uh, 10,000 years ago, and it propelled his career into that of a real news bot. Uh, he's still trying to shake the reputation of being a uh, yellow journalist, though. You know, kind of like tabloid trash and tabloid rags. Right, right. Um, but you think that uh, him interviewing one of the candidates for the uh, for ruler of Cybertron is is kind of par for the course for him. So well, perhaps he should paint himself a different color and stop lighting telephone poles on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So that's what you know about him. It seems like they've kind of reached the end of the interview, and uh, he's getting just like a bunch of like softball questions, you know, like who would you want to uh, you know most have dinner with, kind of thing, you know. At that, I'll give out a loud exhale. <sighs> Lamplighter makes another mark on his uh, his data pad. Edit point. <laughs> Office uh, smells yeah. of honey. <laughs> he uh, uh, takes another few minutes. I'm sure you're just humming and, like, humming and hawing the entire time and trying to just get him to wrap up. But eventually, he does wrap up and uh, starts uh, kind of just making his his way to to finish up here. Um, the two of them stand up. They shake hands. 
Uh, Lamplighter's like microphone camera combination uh, transforms into a small bot. And they, uh, and yeah, they leave. Uh, Lamplighter gives you a, a dirty look, though, on the way out. Congratulations on adopting the Wee He doesn't know what to say to that. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't say anything and keeps walking. Excuse me, ma'am. That's my partner, not my child. <laughs> How am I to know, know the difference unless you label him? <laughs> Get a label maker. And Damascus uh, comes on over to talk with you. Greetings, Denizen. I knew you'd eventually find your way to my door. Did you not? Come. Did someone warn yes. you about me? Well, of course they did. Who was it? Plus, I need a name. Plus, I knew that one of the heroes of Cybertron would be paying me a visit sooner or later. Aye? Come. Which one? Le- <laughs> well... <laughs> If I was being honest, I was hoping for Carapace, but I will take you as well. <laughs> oh, you're that kind of a bot. You think you can take the two of us? Mm. Uh, come, let us discuss what we can do for one another. All right, enough small talk. Um, am I offered a seat? Uh, he's actually es- he's actually walking with you out of uh, the the TV studio, and he will go. Uh, he'll bring you to his office, oh. uh, which he will offer you a seat. Ah, well then, good. I will take the seat. I'm just going to take it anyway. And eat it. Maybe. We'll see how long this goes. <laughs> so, I have some questions for you, Damascus. Of course, and I have some questions for you as well. But uh, please, you first. All right, so you have some manners. Good on you. So... I was wondering if you've experienced any threats and or attacks on your person. This is, of course, off the record. It's just part of the investigation. No, I have not been attacked. I have had death threats issued to me, but that is nothing new or surprising. Uh, But I have not been attacked in recent memory. Have any of the threats been substantial? Or out of the ordinary? Anything particular or personal? No, a lot of just drop out of the race and we don't need your kind here on Cybertron. Which is ironic considering I am a Cybertronian, (laughs) but... General hate, I totally understand. I got a lot of that on Earth. Tell me, has there been other candidates that have been threatened? Is that why you're investigating me? Aye, there has been. You haven't heard of any of them. All I heard about was Sweet Spot's death on Scarvix. I think um, you mean but... Sweat Spot? Oh, my mistake. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how he pronounced it, or how he had pronounced it. That's what I was told. But to be honest, I'm not concerned about assassination attempts. The struggle to survive only makes us stronger. Only in the heat of war are we broken down and reforged into a stronger race. Only during combat are individuals tempered into warriors that our world needs. So I say bring on these assassination attempts. I'm sorry, if you're looking for me to convey any monologue, I don't really have a great memory. I'm sorry about that. But (laughs) I'll pass on what I can. Um, so, 
You don't know of any of the others that have been attacked? Like, uh, obviously, uh, Sweat Spot and the, um, what's her name? With the blades and the name. Windblades, was it? Windblade, yes. Windblade, I. I have not heard anything about an attack on Windblade, no. Uh, Windblade may fear death, and the weak deserve to be forgotten in the slag heap of history. What about uh, the ones that have sort of dropped out to the race? Cowards, that's all. You don't believe there's been any coercion? If there was, it does not affect me in the slightest. It just means that those candidates were simply too weak to take the reins of Cybertron. So you have more of a warmongering platform going for you (laughs) with the election, is it? I wouldn't call my platform warmongering at all. We simply need to be prepared for the threats that will come against our planet. You seem to be all too easily uh, welcoming to violence and threats and attacks upon your person. Perhaps if you're in charge, the whole planet might become your own personal battleground. That is your perspective, certainly. But in the end, the struggle is all that matters. I was in a, I was a mercenary during the war. You know about the Autobot Decepticon Civil War that happened. Of course right? I do. I was part of it. I see now, yes. You were a Decepticon, weren't you? Still, I'm a Decepticon. Do you not see the brand? You see, this is what I don't care about. I don't care about factions. The struggle is all that matters. I saw both sides of the conflict, and I saw the majesty of warfare. I saw acts of supreme heroism and utter depravity. I was there at the Samanzi Dawn when Optimus Prime single-handedly destroyed the Decepticon battlecruiser Relentless. It was a lucky shot. <laughs> These are the acts of Cybertronians as we are meant to be. Damn it, I fucking like this guy. <laughs> I know, you definitely should have been the fella here. Yeah. Windblade may, may be afraid, but you, you don't need to be. You are a capable warrior. Work with me. And we can bring the glory of Cybertron to the stars. And with that, we'll see you next time. Nope. No, you don't. We're not doing that. No. <laughs> All right, fine. From the secret files of Teletran 1, Empire of Rust is written in GM by Michael Ordway. Headmaster Magnum and his partner Pythagoras are played by Matthew G. Denizen. The Mysterious Druid is played by Adam Hu. The Decepticon Warrior, Wildstrike, and his partner Nyko are played by Mike M. And Carapace, the Beast Soldier of Primitive Eucharist, is played by Patrick Finn. Additional characters are played by Michael and Cassandra Ordway. Empire of Rust is supported by the humans and networks of planet Earth whose online networks provide access to libraries of sound effects and music, such as Storyblocks, Sasplat, Blue Zone, and Dark Fantasy Studios. We are distributed by the Transmissions Podcast Network. Stay up to date with all the latest news and reviews in the world of the Transformers by going to transmissionspodcast.com or searching for the Transmissions in your podcast app of choice. 
You can communicate with the heroes of Iacon by joining us on the Transmissions Discord channel. There you can discuss episodes, talk to the cast, and download the rule set used in the Empire of Rust. Teletran 1, signing off. <laughs> <laughs>